so much for coming back. And I know I say that all the time, every episode, but really the fact that you're choosing to be a part of this journey with me means more to me than you can ever imagine. So (sighs) welcome back and thank you for dropping by Speak Easy, a podcast with Chosen Eyes. And this is episode four. Thank you so much for coming. I can't say that enough. Especially after episode three, where uh, the vulnerability gate opened just a bit for you all. So with that, let's get into our housekeeping. By all means, drop by all things Chosen Eyes at ChosenEyes.com. You can email me questions, comments, and or concerns at ChosenEyes at ChosenEyes.com. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and all the things Chosen Eyes, the number nine, or you can Follow me on Instagram at chosen eyes, the number nine and go into the link in my bio and you will see my link tree. All things me are there too, including some of the past articles I've been featured in and other community things that I do and just all the things me. Um, Episode four, we're talking about preparing your place, right? So I really want to talk about what it means to show up and be impactful with um, today's verbal spritzer, but I also want to slightly introduce today's guest, the incomparable Janice Saunders, someone who is really important in my life because this is the first black woman that I ever saw truly embrace and openly discuss holistic health and wellness. So Part of me being here talking to you has a lot to do with her showing up in my life at the time that she did. So I can't wait to share her with you and her wonderful wealth of knowledge. But let's take a quick break and we'll get back with today's verbal spritzer. All right. So verbal spritzer. Showing up. And being impactful. Why does this matter? Now, when I'm talking about showing up and being impactful, I'm not just talking about showing up as your full authentic self. That's important. We hear that a lot. And I've talked about that in other episodes. What I'm talking about is how do we show up for other people in a way that's meaningful and impactful for both parties? And why is this important? Well, for one we always hear that you can't be what you don't see. But I challenge that a little bit because it's not always about what you see with your physical eyes, but more importantly at times, what do you see with your third eye? What does your soul see? Because when I see certain people or certain things, I don't always typically go with what my earthly eyes see first. I normally go with what my third eye shows up and shows me. My third eye leads the way and then my gaze adjusts so that way I can encompass or incorporate what my earthly eyes see. And I understand that everybody operates that way, but this is why this is important. There's a reason why there are people that you typically would look at and be like, I don't understand how the hell I have a freaking conversation with you or a connection with you and it just flows. You were so not my type. You were typically not the person I would normally gravitate toward, but damn it, I can't stop being around you or I don't understand why this pull is there. It's because your souls showed up for one another. And the impact 
outweighed the packaging of that moment, be it the aesthetic of the room, the aesthetic of the environment, that person's garb or hairstyle, whatever it may be. They showed up as their soul. The environment showed up as its true authentic self in a prismatic way. It wasn't this thing of it needed to be a facade, it needed to be neatly packaged, the branding had to be there. What we saw was what needed to be, which is what is. Mentorship in many regards is very much similar. When you're showing up and being impactful for other people, how are you able to do that in a way that allows you to foster true momentum, true connectivity, but most importantly, hold space for the responsibility of holding and nurturing someone else? If you're not able to penetrate beneath what we tend to see on a surface level. So I'm going to ask you, When's the last time you let your soul tell you what it saw before you actually let your earthly eyes tell you what it saw? When's the last time that that held true for your ears as well? When's the last time you listened with your heart as opposed to just your auditory canals and had the whole impulse shoot up to your brain and then tell you that, oh, this was what I heard? I'm not telling you to live in your feelings, but what I am telling you to do is Maybe shift the way that you are orienting to your space. Because the only way to truly prepare your place is to understand where your soul fits into the equation. And at that point, that's when you're allowing other people to share their place and time in the multiverse with you. Just a thought. And with that, I get to share someone that I absolutely adore. She's a New York native, a swim coach, a mom. Um, has a long-standing history in the pharmaceutical world of all places, but also holistic health. So, and all things woo, as she would say. She's down for the woo. Ladies and gentlemen and humans of the multiverse, by all means, please meet the beautiful and incomparable Janice Saunders. All right, welcome back. And you're tuning in to Speak Easy with myself, Chosen Eyes, and our amazingly beautiful special guest today, the incomparable, the beautiful, the gorgeous, and even if she won't say it, the glamorous, Janice Saunders. Welcome, Jan. Good to be here. Thank you. Thank you for coming. How are you? Doing good today. It's, I'm in New York City, and it's warmer today. Uh, that's no. definitely a thing. <laughs> very good thing it was like 12 degrees yesterday and it's like 40 today yes feeling good yeah it was 23 here in austin last night and then it shot up to 70 so but global warming isn't real okay so (laughs) cool so jan you are a woman of many talents many hats all the things I've known you for quite some time, a good chunk of my life, but tell us a little bit about yourself, if you don't mind. Well, you know, I do wear many hats. I do wear many hats. I am a mother first right now, and uh, that is my main hat that I'm wearing. I am a daughter because I've got two parents that I'm caring for that are up in years. And 
I'm an employee and I've been an employee somewhere for the greater part of my life. And I'm also a business owner and I'm also a swing coach and I teach speaking skills. So I do a lot of things and I enjoy all of it. So speaking, swim coach, and employee, how do the three of those kind of intertwine? And I say that because they seemingly are very separate and not so much, you know, one and the same. But of course, as with anything that a human does, there's always an undercurrent that connects anything. So um, I know you can't say or you may not want to say where it is that you're employed, but can you at least give us the general idea of, you know, the industry that you're in and maybe how that connects with everything else. Definitely. I've been employed in the pharmaceutical industry for 30 years in sales. And when I started, I was not the person or communicator that I am today. Literally my father, I love him dearly. And he has supported me through everything. He said, you got to talk to people and tell them how to do something and then ask them to do something. That'll be six months. It's just your first job. Don't worry about it. But I ended up learning how to do this because speaking is a skill. Mm. And, you know, as I've gone through my career as a swim coach, I noticed that the young people that I was coaching, even the other coaches, they never looked at you directly when they were talking to you. They look away. They always either spoke way too fast or way too slow, and they weren't listening in the conversations. Mm. So it just led me to believe that there is a tremendous amount of speaking skills training that needs to be done. So why did you, skills training? I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. Why did your father feel like that was going to be your first six months? Like, and that's it. Where you, you mentioned that you weren't the most confident speaker but what was it about speaking that was just kind of a thing for you and I ask that because when we're talking about preparing our place in the world right we're talking about not just you know in that moment but I would take that to mean also setting ourselves up for success moving forward so preparing your place in the cosmos in the world in time and space so why did your father kind of not have the vote of confidence you know that's a really good question And I think that one of the reasons is that he had a little bit of fear in me getting out there in the world and not being able to do it. Mm. As many parents, every parent is not like, go climb on that bridge and tell me about when you jump off into that water, how good it felt. You know, everybody's not like that. You know, some people are more, try this first, see if you like it. You know, he's very in his feelings about me, his oldest child, his daughter, you know, only daughter. And I think he was a little afraid. And me being a competitive person, I've been a competitive swimmer since I was nine. There's no, there's nothing I can't do. (laughs) That was how I was viewing it. And when I, when I realized that I did not have this skill. Mm -hmm but I was willing to learn the techniques. You know, I said to my manager at the time, I said, listen, I can get better at this. I need to learn how to do it. And he was like, you're absolutely right. Because everybody isn't as gun ho about learning. 
and they gave me some training and I put my own spin on the training mm -hmm. and, and, and just started getting better and better. Ended up winning countless sales awards. I mean, I was even inducted into the Pfizer Selling Hall of Fame, which is a coveted, you know, place to be. And so I think that's one of the reasons why he wasn't as confident. But when, when you talk about setting up your place in the world, I think your voice and how you communicate is really important because it says, hey, I'm willing to set up my place in the world. I'm willing to give my words and I'm willing to commit my actions to it to get out there and do it. And that's where, where swim coaching and speaking skills coaching actually do run parallel mm -hmm. with my sales position, every sales position that I've ever had. So because you do have to speak up. You've got to set some set some intentions for your goals and you've got to commit some actions to them. And that requires using your voice in many different ways. So I think that might be kind of the through line. No, that that definitely hits. So how do your words bolt you to time? And what I mean by bolt you to time, you know, we always talk about orators who are timeless or pieces of work that are timeless pieces of work, be it written or spoken, even with, especially with music, right? But when we talk about our words being timeless, how do your words prepare your place within time and solidify you within a time? And is that a good thing or a bad thing? How do words bolt me to time? When I think about music, let's say, I mean, I grew up in the Bronx in, in the 70s and 80s when rap music was just starting. So I am bolted in time to rap music. I would bust a freestyle rap at any moment. And that is just one of those things about me that is true. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of connects me to that place and time but my words and my speaking kind of bolts me into right now because what I've been doing I'm finally seeing actual research in how it actually uh, improves the lives of people for example I started attending a group meeting for a holistic health center on 125th street in New York city in the early nineties. I remember this, right? This was part of my territory. And the woman who her name was Daya, who owned the place with her husband, Charles, they were the most beautiful couple I had ever seen. When you talk about people who make an impact on you, I don't know how old Daya was, but she looked amazing. I don't know how old Charles was, but he looked amazing. They had a business. And what they were teaching was so to the right side of what I was doing all day long in my job as a pharmaceutical salesperson, mm -hmm. selling medicine for hypertension, diabetes, high cholesterol, depression, and arthritis. And I saw people all day with those disease states. And I was just like, there's got to be a better way. Even the, the providers who were taking care of the people did not look as good as Daya. You know what I mean? I said, well, whatever she's doing, I got to get on board. She was doing, you know, uh, intermittent fasting. 
she was changing her diet with the season. She was doing things like showering hot, warm, cool, cold, using a skin brush. And now I have seen data that actually shows how these things improve health. So there wasn't the science data behind it, but I really didn't need it those number of years ago to be like, you know what, I'm latching on to this. Right. But now I'm using my voice to share a lot of those techniques and tools to help people to feel better. And there is some science behind it that I can share with people as well. So I think that's kind of where my voice is and how I'm bolted in time to it. But no, I really like that you mentioned that because one of the things I've always appreciated about you is that you've never been afraid to marry their left and the right brain and to find the intersectionality between the two. Like I mentioned, like you were my introduction to holistic health as a kid. You know, I remember you coming to Atlanta and talking about, you know, the vegetable brush and the lymphatic brushing and the shower. And I was like, wait, what? What does this do? And you know, some of your, you know, your brother's other friends were just like, yeah, okay, that's just Jan. Move away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or it's just like, that's just Jan. And I'm like, no, but Jan is great. <laughs> Tell me more, right? I'm on to something. <laughs> right, right. So you never know where those seeds are planted, right? So I would say your word, you know, our words are always bolted in time and space because we never know. Time is not linear, right? And we never really know the fluidity of it until we move into what we perceive as being forward to really see how our words really come to blossom, either in someone else, i.e. me having this podcast and talking about these things, right? And even pursuing a degree in holistic health, right? Um, And I want to talk about the fact that it's it was incredibly powerful to see a Black woman talking about that stuff in the 90s. Because magic wasn't something that magic or healing, right, wasn't really something that was, I don't want to say commercialized, but that wasn't something that you saw us being the standard for. Mm. Right. Because in New York, there was a big, well, what I I guess my introduction to it was with her. And her world was so immersive in it that I just became a part of that. So it was very much right there. I started meeting people who were doing things. And, and it seemed like a very big world in New York City. It's a big world in a in an underground sense. Nationally. Yes, that, that definitely is true in an underground. You know what I mean? But when I'm talking about the standardization of it, I'm talking about media, Right. Even to this day, when we're talking about commercials and lowering your cholesterol, you didn't see Black people eating Cheerios. I mean, you saw Black people eating Cheerios, but not in the same way as being the pillars of health or Mm -hmm. advancing the conversations around health and wellness. Um, I remember as a kid even seeing a Coca-Cola commercial, and there were three people that were going into a a movie theater, Mm -hmm. and they were sitting down with their concessions, right? Mm -hmm. So the Black girl's got popcorn. She sits down, starts eating her popcorn. There's a guy, I want to say he was Asian, but I'm not sure. But he sits down and nothing happens. But then the white girl sits down and she opens up her Coca-Cola and all of a sudden these vines start growing and, you know, this and other. And the slogan is, you know, be the magic. Right. I'm just like, so wait. <laughs> right. Right. Well, you know, everybody else. Right. But I know it, it, it kind of diverts from health, but I just wanted to say like that meant a lot to me to be able to see that. 
to see that not only with you, but also now being almost 40, seeing that where that has advanced because of the pioneers who have pushed that forward and made that very clear that, no, this belongs to everyone and it's accessible. I I completely agree with you. And I think one of the best commercials in the Super Bowl was Mary J. Blige and her saying that her checkup was good. Yes. You know, showing her exercising, showing her eating, showing her working out, and then showing her in the doctor's office, getting a good checkup was a, a wake up call for all women that, hey, everybody's got to go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got to exercise, eat right, and reduce stress in their right. lives. And hopefully all of that is going to get you to a good checkup. And I'll see you next year, less conversation with your provider. You know, Absolutely. So I thought that was one of the best commercials in the Super Bowl. You know, I was super happy about Mary J just bringing it in for us. And it's centered on Black women, yes. you know, and I just completely love that because we are the least healthy of all women, regardless of our economic status and education. Those things don't power to us being more healthy. No, I just, it's just, that is, that's the data. In many, in many cases, it boils down to one word that you and I have talked about repeatedly. It's stress. Yes. Um, more money, more problems in some issues, in some instances, less money, more problems, you know, more education, the more, you know, the more you've got swimming up, but here, and it, it, there's always a, yeah, you, you never quite feel that it's okay to rest. Mm. Yeah. The, The more that you have, the less that you have, the more is always expected of you. So, but you know, we can go on down a rabbit hole with that one. That's a whole, that's a whole episode in and of itself. It is. So, and it's an episode about using one's voice as well. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So what joy do you receive in helping others? And I'm I'm bringing this up because receiving is definitely the word for me in 2022. I'm in a season of receiving. Anyone who knows me knows that I'm a serial giver. I'm learning how to receive. Uh, <laughs> and I know that when you're in a helping profession in any sense of that, right? It can be difficult to not feel guilty in trying to receive joy or feel that your cup too should be nurtured and watered and, you know, flowing back and forth between you and what it is that you're doing. So in what ways do you receive joy in helping others find their voice and utilizing it? Well, I, it's just every way. I receive joy in this because joy is one of the things that I've centered my life on. I do everything that I enjoy. I don't do things that I don't enjoy. I just don't. Even the hard stuff I enjoy about my life. But one of the things I enjoy is seeing women make choices for themselves. I even as young as the young ladies that I work with who are in grade school when they choose to maybe audition for a spoken word that I might be conducting with a group, they have made the choice to to step up and be seen Mm -hmm. in their best light. They've practiced, they're nervous, they know their 
They may make mistakes, but they know they can overcome it. So just seeing them walk out of an audition with that smile on their face of accomplishment is, is very gratifying. And I want to make those experiences good for them so that they walk out and experience more and more goodness. And as they get older, you know, it's, just, it's the same exact concept. As women get older, it's the same concept. You got to step on the stage. Yeah. What do you need to prepare yourself to step on the stage so that you feel great? One of the things is definitely you need to feel good about your health. You know, definitely. you don't feel healthy. It's really hard to step up because you've got all that head trash going on about how you don't feel good. You need great communication skills. Mm-hmm. They don't have to be stellar, but you got to have the basics and be willing to use them. And then you need to know that relationships matter. You know, get connected, stay connected. Be curious about people that helps you build. And I think in my groups with women, I just enjoy hearing, you know what? Saying no is a healthy habit. I need to use my voice to say no some more. And who knew in a program about, you know, seasonal healthy habits that saying no was going to be something that was, you know, part of the part of the conversation. So getting to those little things, it's just, they seem obvious, but they're not obvious. And I think that's where I get a lot of joy in seeing those light bulbs go on and, and seeing the growth. Beautifully stated. So to that, Tell us a little bit about your business, your philosophy, and it sounds as if joy definitely is maybe the cornerstone of both, but share a little bit about both of those things with us, if you don't mind. I'm going to go back one little thing and just seeing how you've grown Aww. into what you're doing is a tremendous amount of joy for me, you know, Aww. because I do know that I was an early introduction to seasonal kind of living and healthy habits and stuff. And it's just great to see how you've added, you know, the magic of the moon, you've added the magic of the cosmos, you've added, you know, the health and the, and the, and the planting and the food, all of these things to help people to see what they want to be. Be visible. So that's just one of those things that it's, it is joy. It is a good, it is a very good joy for me. And that last question, which I'm going to ask you to repeat. No worries. I was still thinking about what I wanted to add on to that. But um, it's is a good one. So just repeat it again so I can make sure I get say exactly what I want to say. No worries. So tell us a little bit about your philosophy and, of course, your businesses, right? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yes. Especially making sure we highlight the business because I love the work that you do. I have totally benefited from being a part of said. Um but also it seems like joy is a bit of the cornerstone mm-hmm. for both. And so just telling us a little bit about the businesses, how that joy is passed on. Yeah. Well, I guess, of course, my business is called One Jazzy Life because I'm all about you being the best you can possibly be. And I think the through line is joy. I work with young people in teaching speaking skills. And that is 
work that I do with organizations. And that type of work is, is great because you can see them, you know, Janice, I need to work on a presentation for school. Well, do you know what you want to say? Well, have, if you don't know what you want to say, let's talk about it. Let's get a flow going. So that helps them to prepare. And I guess also within the umbrella of uh, programs that I offer, the Seasonal Healthy Habits Collective is a group of women that meet for coaching. We change seasonally because habits that we change we need to change habits seasonally. We work on different organ systems each season and the elements change each season and the metaphors that we can add to our lives change along with that as well. And of course, the foods that are available to us change each season. And as black women, we are really rooted in food and nobody can tell me that we're not, we are. And a lot of the times experimenting with new ways to make the food that we love is hard, but it's part of growing to be more healthy and, uh, and adding recipes to our lives is part of speaking up and saying, hey, I don't have to only be one thing. I can try Indian recipes. I can try Mexican recipes. I can try Japanese food. I can try all these different things and 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 still be a black woman, you know, because some people feel like if they're not eating their food, they're like, you know, yeah, going away from their culture. Right. Black hard revoked. Somehow. Yes. And it's just no. <laughs> yeah. You can experiment with those things. And and I also feel like in the collective, you know, there's no greater uh, group of women that's more hard on themselves. And mm. that is a fact. And we learn the ways to give ourselves some compassion. You know, everybody else in the world's giving themselves a mulligan. We need to learn how to do that for ourselves <laughs> and, you know, and keep things going. Yeah. And th then also just committing just saying, you know what, I am committed because I want to be here for my daughter, for my granddaughter, for my son, yes, for my grandson. And that's it. And just let that be what I'm doing. I love that because that is very true. Um, we don't give ourselves any grace. We are um, and we have a very difficult time not feeling guilty and mm. not being everything to everyone for everyone at all times. Right? I was just getting ready to say, don't forget all the time. <laughs> all the time, right? Don't forget. 360, 367, you know, a random day that doesn't even exist. <laughs> you know, yeah, 28, right. 28, 9, you know, like we are always, we are always there. <laughs> I, you know? I, I have never for ourselves. It's just, it's really something. I mean, I heard a woman say one time, she goes, I'm off from work that day, but I really feel like I need to be giving. I need to be volunteering and I need to like Thanksgiving or something like that. You know, it was Thanksgiving during the pandemic and I can't just stay at home. I have to go with my family. If I don't go with my family, I've got to be volunteering. I, I was like. Exactly. It can be a rest day. 
it could totally be a rest day. Does not compute because that's lazy. That means you're not doing something. Exactly the judgment call that she was making for herself, that she was ungrateful for the bounty that she had been bestowed because during the pandemic, she didn't want to go and travel to a friend, uh, her her family, and she didn't want to stay at home because she should be out volunteering. I, I, I just... And I, and it was just that type of, um, I was just like, wow, this is it in a nutshell. So where does magic um, fit into your life? Right. And so everybody on this podcast knows I'm all about being the intersectionality between magic and medicine, right? I've got a degree in medicine, but I'm an old bitty in the magic game. So (laughs) I got street creds in that one. So you gotta know, have your white. street creds. Gotta have your street creds in the magic. <laughs> you know? Um, but mm-hmm. because you have such a strong background in a hard science, right? Pharmaceutical sales, um, where does magic fit in and why is it so easy for you to allow the two to kind of flow back and forth within your daily practice? I know some of your practices, but yes. I, I that, interesting. I wouldn't say that I'm hard science. I'm a salesperson. Gotcha, Doctors gotcha. are hard science. That's where you guys are doing the hard work in the science. I'm a salesperson. I'm familiar with things. But but you've been in the game 30 years. I have. Come on, push back, right? So I because have. pharmaceutical salespeople know a great deal more because you've been in there for so long, you know? That, that's so you're very true. I'm not, so not going to negate that. Right. I'm not not hard science in the sense that you're going in and you're actually creating the drugs and part of the, you know, research and development. But in that you have a very clear and staunch understanding. I do. Of the science behind that, which you are selling. Yes, I've got cursory knowledge. Yes, I do. And that's good. And I think where the magic comes in is that I have Daya introduced me to the seasons and how you should think about things differently each season because each season is associated with organ systems. Each season is associated with elements. And there's so many cycles that are going on. You know, I haven't been able to wrap my head around all of them, but I can get my head around the year Mm -hmm. as a cycle. I can get my head around the four seasons as a cycle. Mm -hmm. I also can get my head around the fact that there is a new moon cycle Mm -hmm. that happens. And what I've found is that, you know, these things are important to how we live. And I also, I, I feel like they are. I mean, because, you know, Egyptians, would not have been doing the work that they were doing if they didn't think it was important, you know, if they didn't think it was amazing, you know, their, um, their fan fascination with the stars. Yes. Has like kind of got me like, yeah, there's got to be something going on with this. Let me pay attention. And research, right. You see it was in research studies. I mean, you're a Capricorn. I'm not picking at you, but those who are born during darker points of the year, right? So that last quarter, so between Sagittarius to Pisces, tend to have more incidents of certain types of mental illness. And that's been something that science yes. has been measuring for quite some time. Um, you know, 
And I am a January Capricorn. (laughs) Totally grounded, totally uh, just in full Capricorn is who I am. Just in integrity, in, you know, just in my, my wanting to make a difference with what I'm doing and using my voice. And I think that is fully Capricorn on. You know, it is full Capricorn on. And when I realized that, I was like, you know, I've got to lean into this because this is really who I am. When I look at my chart, I looked at my chart with you mm-hmm. and I realized, you know, this is who I am. I need to be doing me, you know, as as all the time. Yeah. And what I what I found is not shrinking myself. I even used to say, you know, I'm already tall. I don't need to wear heels. I don't need to make myself bigger, but Mm -hmm. I can't help it because sometimes, you know, when you're, when you're big, you're just big and you got to, you know, you just got to lean right into your personality and just be who you are. Absolutely. And, And I think that this, the cosmos and the woo of stuff has been helpful for me to really get into that part of, of who I am. So what are some non-traditional steps that you may take or that you may implement in teaching your students when it comes to speaking and showing up and preparing them themselves a place at the table, if you will, um, that may be beneficial to those who are listening and that maybe have been of great benefit to yourself? Well, I think the first part of being ready is preparation. Mm-hmm. Because everybody isn't ready to be on the scene without some preparation. And everybody thinks, oh, I'm just going to show up. I'm going to be myself. That works for a few people. But it does not work for everybody. And it didn't always work for me. I mean, I've got to prepare to be somewhere, anywhere. I've got to be, know what I'm going to say. I've got to know what I'm going to share so that I so that I don't overshare. I've got to, I've got to be a little measured and then I know how to move myself out. And this, this is what I teach because oftentimes, um, even with, if, with being healthy, the goal is so lofty mm-hmm. that, that, that there's very much, there's a lot of confusion on where to start. Absolutely. So when you're, so that's, that's, a, I guess, a second part to this question. Mm-hmm. When you're saying preparing, are you talking about psychologically needing to prepare for what you're about to do or the actual rogue, not so much rogue memorization, but the actual habit, making this become a habitual thing in that I, phys- I mentally and physically have to prepare myself before I have to go speak or do anything in a large crowd form mm-hmm. just because I personally navigate anxiety, like socially, right? So I mentally have to do a few things before I know I have to go speak in front of a crowd. Mm-hmm. But I am one of those, that small percentage of people that when it comes to something that I'm comfortable with, can improv or at least still pull on my knowledge base without having much practice in terms of the rhythm or the flow of something. If that makes sense? Yes. Yes, it does. So are you talking about the mental preparation or are you talking about both? I'm talking about both. Gotcha. And the reason I mentioned both is because, and, and, and what I love about this conversation is that everyone's healthy habits are different. 
Mm-hmm. So if anybody is trying to tell you to do it their way, please run from them. You've got to develop your own healthy habits. And when you develop your own healthy habits, you're going to stick with them because that's what works. And that's what's great about, you know, using a lot of diff- experimenting with a lot of different tools. Because then if you give yourself a season to really experiment with a few things, you're going to figure out what works for you. And then you're going to do that because what works for me is not going to work for you. You so know, maybe one thing that, so give me one thing that does work for you. One thing that like your go-to it's a go-to is Amy Cuddy power poses. Amy Cuddy power poses are a go-to for me whenever I've got to do something before this podcast. Mm. Because Amy Cuddy has studied how uh, these types of movements increase your confidence. Mm. And that's, uh, you know, she, I, I wrote about Amy Cuddy power poses in my book. She's been around for a while and the power poses are easy to do. And a lot of people don't know about them. And that's another thing about all this research and stuff that's out there that I just want to tell people about it and let them know, Hey, this is simple. You can do this and you're going to increase your confidence like that. I love that. I love that. It's something that's digestible, something that's easily accessible and seemingly anyone can do them. Um, That's right. Anybody can do it. And now because the internet is just so, you know, I feel like such a dinosaur, but you know, I'm not a dinosaur. I use the internet, of course, but the point is a lot of times it wasn't available to people many years ago. And only a few people had access to all this information, but now there's so much information. How do you distill down what you can do? Absolutely. And you can be overloaded. So that's one that I use Amy Cuddy power post. Totally. I love that one. And I will definitely make sure to put, um, if you could supply me with the link, I would I be will. happy to make sure that that is part of the description of this podcast. So that way it can be an definitely. accessible tool mm-hmm. along with all of your accessibility. Um, two quick questions ish. So since you are a Capricorn. Yes. And I speak sea goat fluently having a mercury in Capricorn. <laughs> what's the difference between sharing your voice and effectively communicating Mm. versus just talking. And the reason I'm asking this is because for the very reason you just mentioned, the internet is so super saturated Mm. with everything, everything that's peer reviewed and, you know, tried and true and timeless to fly by night scams to, Mm. you know, people who, are coaching and have a website up for three months and then you never see them again, you know, there's so, and all, everything in between. Yes. It, it is but the wild, wild west out here. It is right. Even with podcasters, I'm learning this, but yeah. so many of these people are effective or very skilled communicators. Mm-hmm. But when you can perceive beneath the surface, then you realize that they're just talk, Right. But they present it in such a way and package it in such a way that it comes across as 
communicating or truth. So my question to someone who is incredibly seasoned, very down to earth and very perceptive, how can you tell the difference? Or is there a way to really tell the difference? Yeah, that's a tough one. That, that is a tough one out here because communication is, is so, so nuanced. But I would, when I would, for everyone who's listening to this podcast, this is a safe space. Speaking. Yes, that's right. And I would definitely recommend that we all get clear on our own personal values. And when we're clear on our own personal values, something will click and you'll be like, nah, that don't make no sense. And that's the intuitive voice that you will lock into to be able to say, you know what? Yeah, that person ain't real. Mm-hmm. And because everybody here has got that little sixth sense and you're developing it and you're, you know, you're using the tools that you are using to, to develop that sense. And when you're really into your values, mm-hmm. that is when you can spot the people that aren't going to be for you because those people are not bad people. They're probably great for someone, but that may not be you. And the way you lock into somebody who's right for you is knowing your values, knowing who you are. If you want to work with someone who is, uh, you know, who's who's very fast and who's doing it, and then that's for you. But if you want to work with someone who's more intuitive and who is more nuanced and you think, hey, that might be what works for me, then you're going to go that way. Knowing how, knowing yourself is the, and having clarity about those types of uh, things is probably the best way you can, war, you know, like shield yourself against, you know, those types of inputs along with little energy, yeah. you know, creating a little, you know, zone around yourself so that you're keeping your energy in and you're not letting that stuff get to you. So. Consider enrolling in seasonal healthy habits or back to you with chosen eyes. Shameless plugs, but black women got to eat. We got boys. We got sons. Yes. We got to feed over here. Okay. So yes. I'm, I'm always, always going to ensure <laughs> that we put in those shameless plugs. Yeah. One last question. Um, in what ways have you found that it may be or may have been unsafe for you to share your voice? in a situation? And how were you able to navigate that? You know, corporate America is a, is a, is a rough place. And imagine, and it isn't always a safe space. Mm. PTA boards are a rough place. They're not always a safe space. Say that again, please. Cause I'm on the PTA board. boards <laughs> are, are a rough place and they're not always a safe space. Listen, I mean, I'm on the exec board and I am parliamentarian. My job is to keep the peace. And I'm usually like, Hey, <laughs> that's right. So there are many places that are not safe spaces to communicate. Mm. I can recommend that but this is where preparation is key and knowing your audience is key is that you have maybe one or two things that you feel comfortable sharing. And then you share those one or two things and then shut down your sharing and start asking questions. 
And when you develop that curiosity about the others in the room, then you can go on to share a little bit more of yourself. And that helps with the code switching, you know, that we've all got to do so skillfully in this world. But I, I feel like I don't really have to code switch anymore because I've learned how to share what I can share mm -hmm. and ask questions and then continue to share little bits that I feel comfortable with so that I'm always myself. I'm always, you know, I am never out of integrity that way because kind of code switching makes me feel out of integrity a little bit. And this way I kind of stay in integrity a little bit more, but using that little 10% rule of communicating a little, getting curiosity, communicating a little more, being more curious, you can find common ground to help you to move forward and deepen your connections with people. It sounds like it's 10% give, 90% reception. It probably is. It seems, and I only say that from a spiritual standpoint of being the ebb and flow, like we were talking about the moon, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, 90% of it is that yin feminine energy of receiving and taking in and cultivating the data before you actually decide that you want to concentrate it and bring it out into the world. I couldn't have said it better. <laughs> that's, that's it in a nutshell. That, that, that's, that's real. Yeah. Awesome. Well, where can we find you, Miss Saunders? You can totally find me at The Real Janice Saunders. And uh, you can link into everything that I'm doing there. You can is that your website or is that Instagram? That's my Instagram. My Instagram leads to all things. It okay. leads to my free giveaway. Ooh. If you'd like to uh, have that, which is um, five great ways to be healthier. And, it, and it's easy. You know, it's just something that you can look at for yourself and decide if you want to try some. And that's that's available right at my Instagram page. Beautiful. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank, Thank you for being you such so a nice. wonderful um, mentor, a wonderful friend, a wonderful teacher. Uh, a huge reason why I'm able to do this podcast is because I took her course because for those of you who didn't listen to the first episode, I'm an introvert and incredibly shy. So <laughs> once we recognize that podcasting would be the best of both worlds. Yes. <laughs> and it's a space for me to be vulnerable because ugh, everyone who knows me knows I have a hard time with that word. But this is where I get to let my hair down and talk to you all directly. So. Yeah. Jan is definitely a person who was instrumental in the success of this podcast and my being here. So I definitely had to bring her on and being able to make sure that I can share her with you and that you all can actually benefit from her beautiful presence and just being. Thank you for being. If no one's told you that, thank you for being. Thank you, Chosen Eyes, for offering me this opportunity. And you'll be I'm, back. Don't worry. Okay. I'm open. <laughs> I'm open. And it really was Speak Easy. I love the title. It's great. Thank you. It's so New Orleans. 
Yes, definitely. I should have been born in the 20s. All right, you all stay tuned and we'll have our closing. All right, everyone. So I'm so happy that you got to meet this woman. She means the world to me. And I am so happy to have her in my life as a mentor, as a friend, um, as an auntie, all the things. And I sincerely hope that you reach out to her and that you are able to connect with her in order to learn how to utilize your voice in order to prepare your place in the world. Take a quick break and we will come back with my love notes to you. All right, so my love notes. As Barefoot Empress always reminds me, make sure you're drinking clean water, at least five glasses a day, a bare minimum of five glasses, y'all. I know some people tell me, any lake water, hydrate. Your body loves it. Make sure you're taking at least 50 good breaths a day. You take more than 50 a day, but get some deep belly goodness in there, okay? Give your brain a, a chance to wander and be free. We all live in a 3D construct, unfortunately, in the physical plane. Give your brain the opportunity to serve the multiverse. It needs a vacay, even if it's five minutes. Doodle, do some shit. I don't care. Get out there. More importantly, show up however the fuck you want to. That's right, I said it. There's a time and a place for it to an extent, but... Being your full self is freedom in and of itself. The only thing is, of course, you got to make sure you're willing to navigate the consequences of said. But I say, fuck it. And to piggyback off of prior segments, don't be afraid to fuck up. There really is no right or wrong. Life is art. Let it imitate it. Thank you so much for stopping by. Speak to yourself softly and with compassion, but most importantly, Speak easy to yourself, y'all. I'm chosen as. Keep your gazes forward, and I'll see you back next week. Well, two weeks. by On Purpose Recordings. Created and produced by Chris Blunt. Mixed and edited by Joff Gibbs.